Hello and welcome to episode number seven of the Public Golfers Podcast. I'm Justin here with the partner Dom. Dom, how are you doing today, buddy? Always good. Always ready. Always happy to talk with you and uh, give our give our give our crowd something to enjoy and something to chew on today. Yeah, we got uh, another hot topic Wednesday um, coming for you. But before that, a little announcement here. David, the intern, just let us know that we are the fastest growing golf podcast in the United States. These are David's numbers. David told me this, and now he's giving me the face like, don't actually say that. So we're going to fact check that later on. But according to David, yeah, according to David, David can edit that. David can edit that out. He does edit the video. So David, a little extra work for him. But. Now we're going to jump right into (laughs) the hot topic for the week. And I know we were talking about it. We had talked about it a little bit before, but Mm -hmm. course etiquette. What does that mean? What does it look like? It's one of the most commonly asked questions I think I get from people looking to get into golf. So I thought it would be really important for us to tackle that subject right off the bat here. I'm can I I'm just gonna tell a little a little story and a little bit of a, a don't. Uh just a little just a little taste of what we're gonna get into today. All right, we can um, jump right into your worst golf etiquette stories. I'm I'm completely okay with that. Let it ride. It was one of the first times I ever went golfing with you. Um oh, I, don't no, I know remember, which one now. I don't even remember what year it was, but I think you wanted me to bring you some type of club near the green. And I did the number one no no, and I drove that cart. I drove I drove that some <laughs> bitch right over the green, right over the green. I get to right the other side, the and Justin's looking at me like, "What in the world are you doing?" I think he I, said some other words. I think he wanted to hit me with his wedge that he ended up using. But um, yeah, that was that was an early lesson and one that I have not forgotten. I just remember that so vividly because to me having golfed before it seemed like such an obvious thing to go around the green (laughs) like hey i need that wedge you know like bring it around and you just and the i think again what made the story the best was you generally didn't know no it was like my first it was legitimately my first or second time ever being on the golf course yeah and, and you didn't know and you had such a like a happy face while doing it and then your face like slow <laughs> it like slowly changed from oh here's your here's your club to like what did i do cuz like you're giving me like a death stare and i remember i just started laughing too and i was like hey like we can't be driving over the greens like uh, don't ever do that again <laughs> well cuz yeah you said it exactly it was one of my first rounds i was probably so happy and you just were like oh hey can you can you bring me my wedge and i just Thought, oh yeah, sure. I'm in the cart. Whoop! Here we go. <laughs> and the, just, you gave, yeah. It was that like, was the worst one of. It's number one on my on my worst moments on the golf course. Yeah, I mean, hey, it's uh, it's a mistake that a lot of people make, and mm-hmm. that's why we have the podcast. That's why we're talking about it to hopefully save you from those types of stories. Uh, but I would say, and, and I'm trying to think my worst, my worst story ever. I've had a couple bad ones actually, where it's like little stuff where 
I didn't even think about it, anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like the little stuff of like walking on people's line and stuff like that. Yep. When you're when you're not paying attention, you you just don't know. I think one other one too is like not marking your ball. Um, oh. You know, when you're playing with buddies and everything like that. Like I never marked it, so when I started playing with other people, um, you know, it, it's like a weird dynamic because some people don't want to ask you to mark your ball. So if you mm-hmm. don't do it for them. They won't ask you, but then they'll like curse under their breath if like they're like, man, yeah, the the ball was the ball was in my way, so I couldn't hit it on the line that I want to hit it on, and he didn't even offer. It's like, dude, just ask me to mark it then. Like, yeah, stop being weirdo, a baby just about say it. Say something. Yeah, but there's some people that like won't say anything. They'll hit their ball around, and then the ball was in my line, so I couldn't hit the ball where I wanted to hit the ball. It's like, dude, you're not even good enough to hit the ball where you wanted to anyway. It's like, calm down. Yeah, I mean, I could, I. There's been plenty of stories, plenty of people almost hit by golf balls from teeing off too early too. But I mean, it just, it's something that you learn. It's stuff like you said, the walking over someone's, uh, path. I mean, I, that was something that I really didn't think about until this year with the, with more golf that I was playing. And I think you were the one who pointed out to me when we were playing around with, uh, with Schroeder and I walked right through his path and you said something to me about it. Yeah, and again, it's not trying to be an asshole. It's not trying to be a dick. But no, some people do take that really seriously, and it's important to understand the golf etiquette side of it has gotten a lot more relaxed over mm-hmm. the last couple of years. You know, now you can wear. We talked about course fashion has opened up a ton, right? Now everything's about the fashion. Everything's about the look. Same thing with the etiquette. A lot of people are a lot more relaxed, but you do run into those people that are old school. Yeah. stick to the grind, everything like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to be aware of it and also to respect their time, their space. Cause at the end of the day, you're both paying the same amount of money to be out there. So you yep. don't want to have your fun hinge or prevent somebody else from having their fun. A hinge. Absolutely. I don't think is the right word for that, but damper, 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 fun. damper, damper. You look very damper. Uh, dapper is dapper. what you're looking for there. God, but I agree. I mean, there are definitely times that I've been paired with someone where I tried to make sure, like, if I was on the green, I was marking my ball. I was staying far away from their 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 path. Um, I mean, tee box honors, that's another one that, like, depending on who you're playing with, depends on how strictly you follow that. Maybe you just tee off and, I mean, like you said, if I'm playing with you and two other friends, like, we're teeing off in whatever order we feel like, really. Yeah, we'll play times. ready golf. Hey, yeah. if you're out there, you're ready to go, hit the ball, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Now, just to backtrack, not to backtrack too much, but my favorite f- kind of screw-up for golf etiquette was okay. I was younger. Um, I must have been maybe 19, 18, so still pretty young in my uh, golfing career. And I uh, didn't play a lot back then, so I didn't know the, uh, better. And uh, I hit a driver into somebody's, uh, like a group in front of us, and actually Ooh. hit their cart. Oh yeah, not on a fly, but it was on like the first hop, so it hit it pretty hard. And <laughs> and it was it was some older guys, not super old, right? Probably in their like late thirties, forties, and so so they waited there for us to come up. Oh no! Yeah, one of those guys, like, oh, relax, dude, right? And the one guy gave me like a. a probably not even kidding, probably a 10 to 15 minute lecture about how I could have killed them. Uh, I could have done permanent damage. 
you know, it's not okay to be reckless on the course. And it was yada, 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 giving me the whole thing. And, and I finally just told him, like, dude, I don't golf that much. Right. If you stood there and gave me 100 golf balls, that's the only one I'm hitting you with. Like, right. I, there's no way I could hit you again. And and, and this and that and, and all that. And, oh, you know, I should have threw your golf ball into the woods. I'm like, I don't know if that's golf etiquette to throw my ball into the woods. <laughs> Uh, but, oh, you're, you're, and then the, one of the other guys is, oh, you're, you're lucky we're chill about it. And I'm like, you're chill. Like we've you been guys here for really 15 minutes. Chill about it. Yeah. He's like, well, like this, this is what starts fights on the golf course. I'm like, I've never seen anybody fight on a golf course. You know what? And I mean, just to piggyback off of that story, just because of another incident that you were also present at where someone hit a ball and hit a golf cart and. We were playing at New Berlin Hills with Dustin and Colin. Again, shout out to those guys. Shout out to Dustin and Colin. And the group in front of us had just finished on this 200-yard par three. And they were getting in their cart. And I don't know what I was thinking. I thought they were getting in their cart. All right, they're going to drive away. I was, te- <laughs> I was teed up. I walk up to the ball, and I'm like, here we go. And I hit it. And it's flying. It's tailing towards them. And Justin goes, Dom, I think you might want to say something. And Dustin just yells, four. And Justin yells, four. And it hits the top of their golf cart and bounces towards the woods. That was a yikes moment. That was a big yikes moment. And I think what, what, what was nice was they were very chill about it. They waved after I waved, and they went to the next tee box and just teed off. And I, I mean... I was very thankful that nothing happened. I was very thankful that they were chill about it. And I definitely learned another lesson in a, in a fashion that you don't really want to learn it in. But again, I think some of these things, like once it happens to you once it's, it's in your, it's ingrained in your memory forever and you won't make the same mistake twice. Yeah. And that's, that's like the fine line between like slow playing. Cause everybody has that buddy that, Hey, you're 270 yards. Well, if I really get a hold of it, I'm going to get it right. there. It's like, right. are you though? Are you really though? And and so those types of things happen, especially when you're playing with people that don't play a lot and, and you don't really know like, Hey, can this club get there? I mm-hmm. think I have no idea. Nine times out of 10, it's not going to get there. Maybe 99 times out of a hundred times it's not going to get there. And you hit that one. And at the end of the day, it's, it's no disrespect. You're not trying to hurt anybody or anything no, like that, but you're, you're trying to be mindful of everyone's time as well and and making sure that you're trying to play at a steady pace because that's one of the things I would say regarding course etiquette to kind of get into it um, is slow play. Um, And, Dom, talk to me what you think slow play is for you and how do you try to avoid it or how do you try to nicely tell people that they're playing slow? I mean, for me, how I try and avoid it is definitely like – I mean, number one, track where your ball went and make sure whoever you're riding with or playing with, make sure they keep their eyes on the ball too. Because far too often, one of the causes of slow play, I feel, is they just hit the ball. Oh, I think it went in this general vicinity and they just go aimlessly look for it. Where if you actually have a bead on it, you think about, okay, use this tree as a landmark or something that went past that, like you're going to have an easier time looking for the ball. Um, second thing is I make sure this is something that I would say most people do, but I don't 
I don't practice swing. I don't. I don't know if you've ever noticed Same here. that, Justin. You don't either. Nope. I, I, I will practice my taking the ball away. Okay. But unless it's a – maybe the only time I do practice swings is putting mm-hmm. and also, too, with wedges. Because uh, wedges are a lot about feel, but if it's a full shot or even a knockdown or anything like that, all I practice is kind of the pull away to make sure that my hands are where they want to be on the initial pull away. Because for me, if I start on the right track, everything else mm-hmm. generally comes through and it it works out. If I yeah. start off on the wrong track, then I usually don't get it back on the right track. And that's where I run into problems. But I actually found, and not to go off on too much of a tangent, but right. I actually found I shot better when I didn't take a bunch of practice wings because I just got too much in my own head about the shot. Exactly. That's the last thing I want to do. And again, the last thing I want to do is hold people up by taking three practice swings, then addressing the ball, and then taking a fourth swing as well. When I find out the distance, I say to myself, okay, what am I going to hit? I grab it. I address the ball. I go. I do my little routine. I address the ball. I go. I swing. And I think that is definitely something that slows people down. I also think that, um, I mean, when you get around the green, obviously, if you're within, like, you're going to chip onto the green and then you're putting from there, it's okay to bring two clubs. I mean, there's no rule saying you can't pull your putter out of the bag before you have to use it. So I usually set that down, chip or putt, depending on where I'm at in relation to the green, get on, and then I'll set my wedge down on, usually I use a tee to keep the handle off the ground. Um, pro tip, and, keep the dew off the, the handle? Yes, but also grip. pro tip, make sure you don't forget your your wedge <laughs> that you left on the green because I've wedge, been there before. Yeah. Um, so I just think those, those two, no practice swings and grab your putter when you're around the green, let the other guy drive to his ball, not over the green, the he'll, he'll drive around the green yep, and he'll grab his it. wedge and his putter as well. And then it's kind of, it kind of works that Justin and I both do that because we both will make sure that we usually put our clubs that we aren't using around the same vicinity of each other so that we we kind of remember the other guy needs to grab his as well. Yeah. And what I would say with that about driving and everything like that, you almost have to think about it like you and the other person that's in the car with you, you're a team in the sense, even if you're playing against each other, whatever the case is, you're a team in the sense of how to be the most efficient around the golf course, right? Mm-hmm. If someone's really far away or let's say Dom, there's a cart path on the right, Dom's shot, second shot he had to take is way on the right and he was 30 yards out, right? Hey, mm-hmm. let's say he forgot his putter when he walked all the way over there. You're not going to make him walk all the way back. Grab his putter for him, right? Try to make yep. it as efficient and as smooth as possible. Again, mm-hmm. you don't have to be a freak about it. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, but you want to, those little things add up to a lot of time in the long run. Having somebody have to go run to the cart or anything like that adds a bunch yeah. of time. The other thing I would say, and mm-hmm. something that always kind of drives me crazy, is when you get on the putting green, mm-hmm. how long some people take to line up a putt. That's fair. I mean, I have seen that before. I've seen that where everyone lands on the green and all of a sudden they all think they're Tiger Woods, pro Tiger podcast. We're not We're not saying he does it wrong. He does it right. And he Go puts Tiger. them in. These people, whoever they are, 
that are taking their sweet ass time lining up these putts for three minutes. Half the time they put them short or they miss it anyways. I, I mean, I take a look at my putts. I do. I don't just walk up there and blindly hit them. But sometimes I feel like if I stand over it too long, I start getting into my head again. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing that I don't mind lining it up, I get a, hey, mark your ball. That's courtesy, right? Mark your ball so you can line it up. Also, too, you're not in the way of other people hitting and, and whatnot. But the people who look at both sides of the hole, they walk and they're they're pacing it off, everything like that. It's like at some point it, it gets to be too much. Cause I, I, and, Dom, maybe you can fact check me on this or somebody, one of our viewers, listeners, whatever, you can fact check uh, down the line. But I think it's only like – any putt outside or it's like 10 to 15 feet, I mean, even a PGA professional only makes it, it's something ridiculously low, like 40% of the time. It's less than 50 percent of the time. So you're a average golfer, a weekend golfer, whatever you want to call yourself, and you think that you're going to hit those putts more frequently than a PGA professional. Now, granted, their greens are a lot tougher than the ones we play on, and there's a lot right. of factors that go into that. But what I'm trying to say is if your putt is over 15 feet, you really shouldn't be taking that long to look at it. You should have a general idea of where it is. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, try to give it a run. Try to make it. I'm not saying – I'm not telling you how to play your game, but the chances of you making it are so low that if you're taking five minutes to make that putt and you don't make it – Everybody in your group and everybody behind you is like, we waited for that. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. I get it. I mean, and these aren't, we aren't trying to, this really is more of a, like maybe you pick up one or two thing. things about etiquette, but really if you're just getting into golf and you are trying to understand like, what are some do's and don'ts for the first time I go to, to the golf course, these are simple little tips and tricks. One of them, really simple. Don't drive on the green. Don't drive on the, on the tee box. And then there's other ones that you kind of learn as you go along. And I would say that putting isn't about how long you sit there and look at it. It's about knowing how you hit the ball. Like, does that make sense to you? Like, I, I legitimately one day set up, I think it was four lines in the hallway by where I live. And one of them was where I was starting my ball. The next one was five feet. The next one was 10. The next one was 15. And I sat there with four balls and I would practice my putting stroke for different lengths, for Mm. different paces that I would want to hit. After I did that, I saw a lot of my three putts went away. They really did. So it's stuff like that that's going to help your putting, not exactly sitting over the same putt for five minutes, hoping that you figure out the perfect line and then you're all of a sudden going to hit it just right. Yeah. And it's just, this is all stuff that's going to make it more enjoyable and less stressful for you too. Um, So it's one of those things where, you know, again, we're not trying to tell you how to play your game of golf. Everybody plays it differently. And Hey, maybe you're one of those people who's the greatest putter on earth. Hey, Justin, Hey Dom, I make all my putts inside 15 feet. I never miss it. Hey, one, you're probably a great liar too, but (laughs) (laughs) that's great for you. And and keep doing your thing. We're not telling you to take your time, but if it's just a, you know, you're getting out there to hang out with your boys, your girls, whatever the case is, and you're having a good time and everything like that. Nobody likes the guy who's going to be looking at his triple bogey putt for 13 minutes, trying to line it up perfectly to save. I don't know what he's trying to save. Um, 
But Dom, maybe a little bit of rapid fire here. Yes. Uh, in regards to the do's and don'ts, probably more mm-hmm. of the don'ts I think will be more more beneficial. Okay. Um, but the don'ts on the golf course, when you think of, hey, what do I not do? I know you already said one, the driving on the greens, but any other ones that you think of that we haven't maybe talked about that is a don't for you? Don't drive on the tee box either. That's a good one. Um, and another one that drives me absolutely crazy sometimes is, and it's not even a golf course do or don't. It's literally a daily life. Don't freaking litter. Don't litter on the damn golf course. There are there are garbage cans at every tee box. Keep that empty beer can in the cart. Get to the next tee box and throw it away. You don't need to just toss it out your cart when you're by the freaking woods over there and then let it sit in there. That drives me absolutely bananas. It does. Um, I would say don't talk during someone's um, putt or drive. Backswing. Like, once they are getting ready to hit it, and you'll be able to tell, you shut up. You shut your mouth. I would say uh, another thing just to add on there, that's just all noise in general, right? So if someone's about to hit, don't be walking around. Don't be one of the things that drives me nuts, and I don't think most people realize it, is the Velcro on your glove is loud. Oh, yeah. When you're ripping it <laughs> off or ripping it on and you're doing it right when someone's about to swing, it's like, dude, come! you literally couldn't have waited five seconds I to wish do I that. Had some, I wish I had some Velcro. I know a very good trick. Um, the Rangers use it to cover up the sound of their Velcro in the tactical situation. But um, Wow, that sounds I, really intense. I'll have to show you it one of these days. Um, some people out there might know what I'm talking about. But, uh, yeah, no, I've thought of that as well more recently when, like, I'm coming from the cart with my putter and someone's standing over their ball. I don't just take off my head cover and undo the Velcro there. I wait until their ball has already been hit in motion because once it's on its way to the hole, there's no stopping it now. Yeah, once once it's off of the club and the person has hit the ball and finished, right, their, their mm-hmm. follow-through swing or whatever the case is and the ball's in the air – it's on the green, whatever the case is. Yes, go ahead, move around, everything like that. But uh, another don't that I think a lot of people don't know, um, mm-hmm. again, on the greens, um, if somebody is putting, you never want to stand in their line of sight of the putting, right? So if I am, say, 10 feet to the south of the flag, you mm-hmm. shouldn't be standing to the north of the flag, right? You should be standing to the east or the west or even behind me potentially, right? You shouldn't be in their view or in their right. line while they're putting. That's another I, little tidbit. Mm-hmm. I've heard, I've tried, I try not to stand directly behind the person either. Like I just, I feel like sometimes that nervous. puts a little bit. Yeah. I, I, and I don't, I don't want someone to stand directly behind me when I'm doing my putting. So Good why would know. I go and do that to someone else? You don't stand directly in front of the putt or directly behind it, in my opinion. Yep. And another good thing here, so I actually have pulled up to um, on the PGA website. Yes. They have a little list here for golf beginners, golf etiquette, and all that. We'll we'll actually put a link um, maybe potentially in the description of this video for mm-hmm. this website, uh, for this specific page. If you're interested, it, it has a lot of really good tips on here. Um, one thing that it does have on here, 
um, that I think is so important. The two actually things, being somebody who's worked on a golf course, it's especially mm-hmm. near and dear to me is one, replace your divots. Oh, yeah. That's a very big one. Get a divot tool, have yep. a tee, whatever the case is, right? So this is divots in the fairway, but also two uh, ball marks and divots and that that you leave in the greens when you hit those big flop shots or whatever the case is. The yep. thing that drives me the most nuts and what makes the difference between a nice course and a really nice course is the people that are playing it and how much they maintain the course itself. You are paying a fee to be on the course. That is 100% correct, but your fee you should look at it as, is, hey, you're getting an opportunity to play the course and you want to leave the course in as good a shape as w- as it was yes, you when you it. got there, yep. right? So that means repairing your divots. Now, the one uh, tip that I've always been taught and the rule I always go by is when you get to the greens, you it's I call it the one plus one rule. Some people mm-hmm. call it the one plus two rule, one plus three, however crazy you want to get. Again, be mindful of time, but... I always say that the one plus one rule is you fix your divot plus one, right? So if mm. everybody does that one plus one, it takes an extra 20 seconds, not even 15, depending on how close there might be two divots right next to each other. It takes no extra time. If everybody did that on a golf course, there would be no divots on a green. And make sure you know how to fix the divot. Make sure you, you do it the right way as well. There is a right way. There is... There are wrong ways to fix the divot as well. Um, you never want to pull up underneath, I've heard. No, you kind of almost – it's you hard to explain. You squish it all back together. Yeah, it's hard to explain. It's a lot easier, and there's a lot of great videos on YouTube. You can go ahead and watch that. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's a video we'll make down the line too on how to properly do it, how to flatten it out, everything like that. The other thing too, rake the bunker. Yeah. And when entering one. the bunker, you want to enter the bunker one at the safest spot that you can enter it. Right. So don't try to jump down a hill or anything like that, but you want to try to enter it where you're going to have the most direct route to your ball and then back to the way you came. So that way you can rake up your thing. Right. Let's say your ball's at the front of a bunker. You don't walk all the way to the end of the bunker, jump in there and walk all the way back to where your ball is. Right. Cause then you're leaving those footmarks and, Again, I play it as, hey, if your ball's in a footmark, take it out of it. No big deal. Somebody didn't rake their bunker shots. But there are some people that take it seriously, and and their buddies in that won't let them take it out of there. And you may cost them a shot because you didn't rake the bunker. I mean, it's it's mind-blowing. And I know if I were playing and I I lost a shot because of someone's footprint that was left in there, I that's kind of – that's it's crap. It is crap. Like you said, everyone pays a fee to be there. Everyone wants to just enjoy themselves, but it's just little things that help keep the course in the best condition possible for everyone to enjoy it in. Yeah. And that's, that's what I would say too, as a primarily, well, we are a public course podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, the public yep. golfers for goodness sake, but that's the big difference between a nice public course and a uh, public course is the people taking care of it. And you can tell the difference of when people generally take care of a course, how much nicer that course stays for an extended period of time. There's only so much they can do. And and having been on that side, there's only so much watering there can do. There's only so much fertilizing you can do, everything like that, repairing stuff. If people are just out there abusing the course, it's not going to stay nice for long, right? Another thing is, Dom, and this drives me nuts. 
I I hope it's what I was about to say because I just thought of one. It's probably not because this is really stupid, but it drives mm-hmm. me nuts. Mm-hmm. Pick up your feet when you're on the green walking. Don't drag your feet on the green. That's a thing people do. If you ever look, if you ever look around the green when people are going in to pick up their ball, a lot of times they'll take like a short little step and they'll drag their feet by the greens. And if you golf in the afternoon, you can see it big time where there will be cleat marks all over the greens of people not picking up their feet when they're walking. I get it. You're tired. Pick up your feet. The other thing, too, is when you bend down to go take the ball or your thing, where you put that implant, that little extra weight that you put on because you went by one foot or whatever the case is, or maybe you moved a little, just tap it down with your putter a little bit. Make sure it's as smooth and everything like that. That way it's playing the way it played for you. Very nice. Very nice. That's that's one that I wouldn't have even thought of. So yeah. what I was going to say, what I was thinking of in my head was um, – divot if you make a divot fill it a lot of times if you make a divot i mean i know when i absolutely chunk a shot i take a you piece make a of nice little out. pancake yeah nice little pancake of grass coming out go walk pick it up go back lay it down and flatten it out a little bit with your foot otherwise some of the courses will have little i mean what do we have at the bog just little things of sand that filled it up or what was that so generally what they'll have in those is a mix yeah. of sand and seed and and some fertilizer and stuff like that. That way you can pour it in there and it actually will help start the growing process over. Oh, fancy mister. I worked at the golf course. I know what's in there. A lot of times, right. too, there will be a mixture of grass as well. You know, you got to have your light and dark <laughs> grass in there. So that way, depending on where you're at... You know, you can't just have all one type of grass because some grass grows great in sunshine. Other stuff doesn't need it. So just, you know, a little tidbit there, a little little, uh, little something-something for the people. I do, lo- I do love the inside intel that I get from you on things like that just because you know. It's awesome. Oh, man. Yeah, that was one that just came to my mind was divots, and I just wanted to make sure that we were clear on filling them. Yep. And the other thing would be to um, – and I feel like we've just been kind of ragging on people the whole time, uh, which is it's <laughs> no one in we, particular. <laughs> yes, nobody in particular. But there's definitely going to be some people who are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, damn it. That's definitely me. God. I, I. And, and the thing is, is, hey, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. Right. But everybody knows what we're talking about. Yes. Everybody has done it. The thing is, is just trying to limit those things because. It's all of our responsibilities as public golfers, as people that get the opportunity to play these courses, mm-hmm. to keep them in the best shape possible. That way you can enjoy as many rounds at them as you can. You know, that's the biggest thing and, and the thing that hurts, especially, too, if you're in the Milwaukee area, um, the greater Milwaukee area, we talk how great the public courses are here. You know, we play yeah. Brown Deer. It's an awesome course. Yep. The big thing is is having people, and if you're out there, taking care of it so that way you can come back next week and it can be at just as enjoyable time as it was the week before. Well, and I mean, what you talked about the, the public courses here, and I mean, there hasn't been a course that I played that I just thought, wow, this this – 
this county golf course is terrible. Like it is in terrible condition. There wasn't a single one. I think the people working at the course do a really good job taking care of them. I think the people coming through realize a lot of these things. Um, the worst I ever had, and it wasn't even this season, was one of the, I think it was at Whitnell. I want to say it was Whitnell. Or, I think it was Whitnell or Grant. I think Whitnell. Um, th- it looked like just a mishap happened with the, the lawnmower on the seventh fairway and it tore up like one excuse me one part of that fairway but that's been the only issue i've had and i've played a lot of rounds on the county courses um it's stuff like this i mean really simple stuff fixing fixing your ball mark um replacing your divots raking the bunkers i mean it's really not that hard to do And a lot of places will have something in the cart that even says, like, hey, try and do these things. You even get a reminder while you're there to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And there's just so many of these things that are popping in my head now, now that we're actually thinking about it, (laughs) of little stuff that kind of, like, irks me and and everything like that. The one thing I will say, two quick things. I won't go on to crazy uh, rants because I know we're already getting to the end of the show. But one thing. Allowing people to play through. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's important if you're playing slower, it makes it more enjoyable for everybody. If you just let somebody play through, if they are playing a little bit faster than you, there's no shame in it. It doesn't mean you're a bad golfer. It doesn't mean you're having a bad round. Maybe it does mean you're having a bad round. I shouldn't say that. I don't know you, but you should let people go through if they're playing at a faster pace. And that could be as simply as somebody is like Damarai. We don't take practice things. We don't take a long time on the greens. We nope. have a general idea of what we want to do and where we hit our shots. And so we're just going to keep playing. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And you holding up because of an ego or because, Oh, I can't let someone play through because they only have two people, Wh- whatever the case is, whatever you tell yourself to rationalize it. If somebody <laughs> is meeting you at a tee box, let them play through. Yeah. Yeah. Now, or if you, or if you, I mean, there's been times we've sat at the tee box because they just finished driving as we were pulling up. Like they're walking away as we're pulling up. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it, it really, there is no shame in it. There's been plenty of times at that Lincoln golf course that I've been just by myself and a lot of people walk there and I've shown up behind a foursome. And after one hole, they're just sitting there and they're like, go ahead. You're one guy, we're four, we're going to take longer. Like, it's as simple as that, really. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, You know, just being respectful to people, that's what it comes down to, is the common courtesy, being respectful. If you have that in mind, you're going to be fine. I know Mm -hmm. it's intimidating coming to the golf course for the first time or maybe the second, third, whatever the case is. One other thing I wanted to touch on quick is arrival. Um, this is a big thing too, in the sense of when should you get to the golf course? Mm. Uh, and what I always say is you should be checked in, ready to go 15 minutes prior to your tea time. Now, some courses will say that you have to be there an hour before some, a half hour. What I would generally say is 15 minutes ahead of when you're going to tee off. But Mm -hmm. that is 15 minutes of you being ready to go if they do want to call you early. If you want to hit range balls, if you want to putt, add on to that 15 minutes. So let's say if you're going to putt and you want to putt for 
for 10, 15 minutes, right? You want to hit a few putts? All right, plan on being there 30 minutes early. That way you can hit your 15 minutes of putts and you can still Mm -hmm. be 15 minutes before your tee time ready to go. If you want to hit at the range, okay, hey, let's add a half hour to that. Okay, now I can have my half hour at the range. I can have my 15 minutes at the putting green and still be 15 minutes ready to go before my tee time. Um, Trust me, you'll save yourself yourself a ton of headaches of running nobody wants to be the guy running up to the tee box with no. their bag on their back like hey i'm sorry i'm running late and also to make it easier on the course management right yep. make it easier on the starters make it easier on there nobody likes to be the starter that's got to be the asshole that tells you hey you're too late we already let another group go out you got to switch tee times right be responsible be there a little bit earlier Again, at the end of the day, it's an excuse to hang out with your buddies, your girls, yep. whoever it is you're golfing with for 15 minutes longer if you both get there 15 minutes early. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got one more that I want us to kind of touch on. Because hit the people I know, with it. I know that we are – hit the people with it. I'm going to hit you with it. You're the person. <laughs> you're the one I'm talking to right now. People can put their opinions and their thoughts in the comments. Um, we are fans of music. We are. Yes. And we like to have a speaker in the golf cart. What are your do's and don'ts in regards to music on the golf cart if you choose to have it? Yeah. So I would say that I, like you said, we like to play with music. Oh, for um, sure. And the one thing I would say, or, or I guess two little tidbits about it. One, you don't, you're, you're not at a black party. You're not at, um, you know, a pregame or anything like that, right? The music doesn't have to be so loud that people can hear you from two, three holes away, right? It should be within a reasonable rate, but it can mm-hmm. be loud enough so you can hear it um, and that maybe even, you know, your playing partners can hear it. I will say there's always kind of that fine line where once you get to too loud, then it's just mm-hmm. too loud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but it's okay to play it. The other thing I would say is, hey, you're playing it out loud. Be respectful. Again, it, it's going to depend on the course who you're playing with, but try to keep the the swear words and, and everything like that to minimum. If you're going to play a song that has swear words or you want to play a song that has a ton of swear words, F this, F that, whatever the case is, right? Whatever new song uh, hits and everybody's listening to it, just maybe turn down your mm-hmm. speaker for that song, right? If you still want to listen to it, turn it down so just you and your your cart partner can hear it. Completely okay, right? If you're playing music a little bit louder, try to be considerate of other people. Maybe they don't want to hear all those swear words. Maybe they don't want to hear country music. Maybe they don't want to hear hip-hop. Whatever the right. case is, if it's stuff like that, try to turn it down. However, I would say, Dom, mm-hmm. if you're looking for some great variety hey. on the course... Hey, now, do you have any any suggestions for the people? I believe if you were to go on Spotify, the Spotify application, and you were to Google the public golfers playlist, you may be able to find some suggestions or maybe even a few tunes that you could just listen to uh, to understand what uh, Justin and I are listening to when we go out and turn our music on in the cart. It's a Fun playlist. It's got a wide variety of songs. A little bit of something for everyone. Um, And I'm not going to lie. I was listening to it at work even the other day. And it was turning some heads in a good way. 
Yeah, so. I so I played with a couple people today, and and I had my speaker out, and I had it playing. All three of them asked me, "What playlist is that?" Because they were like, "It's awesome. You get your country, you get some rap, you get your old school throwback, your sing-alongs." Yeah. So if you are looking, I think it's called just the Public Golfers, maybe the Public Golfers Mix, something like that. It is on Spotify. You can go ahead and actually even just download the entire playlist. And it's something that Dom and I continuously are updating, adding, taking out songs. And really, it's what we're listening to. So if you want to listen to what the Public Golfers podcast listens to on the course that is available to you, feel free to jump on there, follow it, download it, whatever you want to do. Even pull some songs off of it, right, and make your own twist to it. We'd love to hear about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I... I was hoping that we would we would get to the music, and I really I really have enjoyed having the tunes out there because it just makes you a little bit more relaxed and remembering that you know you're just having fun. Yeah, it's it's relaxing, and again, let's say you and your buddy are playing with two other people, ask them. Yeah. Hey, we generally like to play with a little bit of music. Is that okay if we turn it on? We'll make sure that it's respectful at a respectful noise level that we're only going to be able to hear it. And if you don't want to hear it or if you're against it, we will turn it down at tee boxes and other things like that. That way it is quiet for you when you're teeing off. Right. Again, basically what course etiquette comes down to Dom. And I think this is how we can wrap up the show. Yeah. It's just being a general, generally good person. If you're mutual respect is the word I would use. Yeah, if you're being respectful and considerate of other people, you already have course etiquette locked down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if you respect the the boundaries of other people, you respect the course, you're you're basically doing course etiquette to a T. Yep. You're there, but Dom, any last comments, anything else you want to give the people? Uh, um, no, I really like closing it on the idea of mutual respect. I think it's not just a great thing for the golf course, but I would urge people to, to carry it with that, carry that message of mutual respect with them throughout uh, this holiday season. Now, this will be, this is December now. Wow. We're there, baby. We're we're Oof. in the holiday season where all of you guys are going to be getting your new iron sets, your new favorite golf polo, hopefully, you know, if you were good. I don't know how good you guys were, so I don't know what you're, you're going to get. But hopefully get everything you wish for. Hopefully it's a great time uh, to spend some time with your family, especially how crazy this last year was. Make sure you're never taking that for granted. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Justin, you got anything else? I got nothing else, man. Uh, But as always, guys, thanks so much for listening. Make sure you leave a comment, a rating down as well. If you're enjoying what we're doing here, give us a five star. I would also say make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, everything like that. Uh, It's all public underscore golfers as well as following our YouTube channel. We are getting that going. We we have uh, worked uh, basically – signed a deal not a deal we didn't sign anything but we're uh, working with an editor right now to kind of get that youtube going up making sure that it is our brand and what we want that to be so make sure if you're not following that already to give it a follow so that way you'll be the first one to know when we start dropping videos on there as well as twitter there may be a little bit of a holiday giveaway 
So make sure you're following that to keep an eye out for anything like that. Dom, did I miss anything? Nope. I just wanted to urge people to, uh, when this episode drops uh, on Wednesday, if you listen to the end of this, like I hope you will, uh, make sure you reply to the tweet that it was attached to or you add us on Twitter. We are looking for more hot topics or listener uh, given pieces that you guys want to hear us talk about. We want you guys to become involved. We want you to help us along with this journey and giving us some ideas, giving us some directions we could go in for this Wednesday hot topic episode would be outstanding. Um, that was all I wanted to throw in there. Awesome, man. Well, as always, hit them hard, hit them straight, but most importantly, don't quit that day job. We'll see you guys next Monday. Peace.